Hello and welcome to Who Watches Who, a Doctor Who podcast with me, Matthew, and as always, I am joined with... Hello, it's Scott. Give me a sec while I fix my camera. Brilliant. Uh, so, well, why didn't, why, uh, <laughs> why didn't you say this before we started? No, it's good. I mean, it's on. It just shifted slightly. Brilliant. 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 Uh, <laughs> it is the end of April, <laughs> and that means it is time to round up all of the Doctor Who news that we have got for this past month. And and there has been quite a bit of news <laughs> so far. Uh, it's been... It's not been our noisiest month, Doctor Who news related, but it's not been our quietest. March was a desert, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but April's been alright. I also can't believe it's already the end of April. We are rapidly approaching halfway through this year, and that is upsetting. Uh, but uh, we're closer to doctor who at least yeah yeah and closer to it being over as well you know you know closer to it being over uh but let's open up with our first bit of news our headline which is mr murray gold murray gold will once again work with the bbc national orchestra of wales with his musical scores appearing when doctor who returns in november for three special episodes celebrating the show's 60th anniversary with david tennant as the 14th doctor before shooty gatwa takes control of the tardis as the 15th doctor with his first episode airing over the festive period uh on the returning to doctor who murray gold says i am so happy to be invited back for another joyful ride in the tardis i didn't think twice working with russell and his team is just a pleasure pleasure uh so is this is this saying that murray gold's only coming back for the specials um i think it's i think it's confirmed that he's definitely doing series 14 yeah it's they're, just the way it's worded there makes me feel it sounds like he's only coming back for david tennant's era but it could but when they include shooty i don't know but i would imagine i would i when they've i uh, i'll try that sentence again I thought he was coming back for all of the new season as well. Like, they didn't say anything. It's just reading that there made me think, oh, is he only coming back for the 60th? Mm. But You know, when, when Russell came back in, I thought he was only doing the 60th as well, but then obviously we missed out in foreign context. Oh, yeah, but there's more. Yeah. So there's definitely more with Murray Gold. Yeah, which is pretty exciting. Uh, you know, Murray Gold... I know you've got kind of mixed opinions on him. My only mixed opinions comes because he sometimes overuses his tracks when it comes to I Am The Doctor. Or towards the Capaldi end of the era, I feel like his music was less recognizable. Yeah, so I, I can't hum a single Capaldi tune, really. <laughs> I, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I'm sure if I was if I heard one, it, I'd be like, oh yeah, of course, yeah, that's the song. But they're yeah, they're not as like memorable as I am the Doctor or the the chanting choir that was David Tennant and Christopher Eccleston. Uh, for sure, uh, I I like more. But I, th- I think I I think a lot of that comes with the decreased budget after yeah. Russell left for sure. So it's not entirely his. It's not his fault at all. His music was still really good for the majority of the Moffat era. Yeah, and you know I'm looking forward to Murray Gold coming back, but I think I might be in the minority in that I'm not overly excited about it, simply because you know this is just more of what we've already had, and you know that's great. You yeah. know, yeah, Russell T Davis is back. You know, he's bringing back some old faces. He's bringing back David Tennant briefly. You know. 
let's get some of the old guard back in you know and there's those rumors heavy 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 you know like salt like take a tablespoon of salt about Moffat. um you know it's just i don't know if i really want to see and hear stuff i've already seen and heard i kind of want a new era of doctor who with new fresh faces bringing a new perspective you know younger talent coming up not just let's pretend it's 2005 but mm. you know i still like murray gold i'm still excited to see and i'm sure he's gonna bring out some amazing tunes uh, as well as bring back some nostalgia there's going to be some nostalgia music for certain in this uh oh yeah you can you can tell there's gonna be a lot of series for music yeah. in the 60th <laughs> yeah. anniversary yeah but yeah uh I, I like i saw online everybody being like hell yeah you know doctor who's back baby and i was like ah, i don't uh, uh you know this isn't how like doctor who is a show that changes you know it going back to how it was before doesn't f- really feel like doctor who Doctor Who's supposed to evolve and adapt and, you know, change with the times, not kind of go backwards and see what we've already seen. Uh, but I'm still excited. Don't get, don't I, get me wrong. I, I, I'm sounding really negative on it, yeah. but I'm, I'm actually really <laughs> excited. Like, I, I, Yeah, I get what you're saying. I'm not entirely thrilled either, but I don't entirely get the argument of uh, the show needs to constantly change because if you look at like people like Dudley Simpson who was one of, like one of the original music composers he was on the series for like 20 years or something mm-hmm. so it's, it's not like <laughs> I, I do get what you're saying with we kind 2000, of need more 2000, fresh faces. 2005 was almost 20 years ago oh Jesus Christ <laughs> so, <laughs> so like <laughs> But to be fair, we've only had like 200 episodes since then compared to the classic series where we almost had 600 episodes mm-hmm. 20, 20 years in. Yeah, but you no, know, <laughs> much lower quality. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I am excited for it. I just, I you know, I, I get, I think I would be more excited if it was somebody I didn't know because then I would be like, oh, okay, cool, mm. show me what you've got, you know, let's, you know, show me what you've got, uh, let's see, let, yeah. let's see, <laughs> let's see what's gonna happen with this, this is cool, uh, you know, it's one of the reasons why I'm so excited for Shooty to take over as the Doctor, and I'm really, uh, we talked about it for a solid year before it was even announced, all the problems we have with David Tennant coming back, you know, yeah, I'm excited, woo, David yeah. Tennant, but I want, new and fresh i don't want to see people i've already seen you know like uh but i'll be good i'm being a negative negative person it's a negative way to start a podcast murray gold yay 100 percent get you (laughs) yeah it's exciting but it's not the most exciting news i think but it is very very cool uh also speaking of this new era of doctor who we have got a first look at Jinx, Jink, yeah, Jinx, I would imagine that's how you say that, Jinkex, Jinx, uh, Jinx Monsoon joins the yeah. cast of Doctor Who Series 14. Uh, award-winning actress, singer, and two-time RuPaul Drag Race winner, Jinx Monsoon will appear in a major role in the new series of Doctor Who. This is from TV Zone. By the way, uh, we've also got some character pictures uh of this this villain and is the most extravagant looking piano person i've ever seen in my life and i love it <laughs> it's it's fantastic uh 
I love I love how camp the costume is. Yeah. I feel like this is going to be back into the camp era because series one of the new series feels very camp, very gay. <laughs> I feel like Russell T. Davis is going to bring back the gay and I'm very excited about that. <laughs> uh, Jinx has cultivated an international fan base after winning two seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race, including an all-star season where she was crowned Queen of Queens competing against other winners of the show. Jinx joins Doctor Who after completing her sellout run on Broadway where she made her highly anticipated debut as Matron Mama Morton in Broadway's longest running show Chicago. Uh, her run on Broadway was a historic moment for the LGBTQIA plus community. Uh, she has become the first drag queen to play the role of Mama Morton breaking box office records in her extended eight week run. Uh, Russell C. Davis said in a galaxy of comets and supernovas here comes the biggest star of all. Jinx Monsoon is on a collision course with the TARDIS and Doctor Who will never be the same again. Uh, Jinx herself said, I'm honored, thrilled, and utterly excited to join Doctor Who. Russell T. Davis is a visionary and a brilliant writer. I can't wait to get into the weeds with him and the crew. I hope there's room in the TARDIS for my luggage. Uh, and that's pretty exciting stuff. I have never once in my life watched RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, yeah, never have I. I'm, not, I'm like only vaguely familiar with what it even is through like osmosis of being on the internet. Um, but good for them i'm excited to see them their villain looks like it's going to be a lot of fun uh i've got a picture of the costume up on screen for anybody that is watching this on youtube it is magnificent honestly magnificent yeah and i think people started calling this casting when russell t davis was on her podcast last year or something oh and i guess it was obvious just from yeah because because Ru- Ru- good friends because Ru- russell only works with his friends so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um it- but yeah um, i'm not familiar with her work i've never seen rupaul's drag race but i'm looking forward to it she seems like a fun actress you know um the chicago thing sounds interesting that's that's pretty big because she she sounds talented so i wonder if she's more talented in doctor who i wonder if she's gonna be singing in her episode yeah that's one of the theories going around because at the moment there's a casting call for a violin player or something like that Ooh. so mm. maybe and we, ju- and we just saw footage of uh shooty gatwa singing abba <laughs> on the set so who knows <laughs> yeah and uh speaking of shooty gatwa we've had some new costume photos uh released for the episode that they're filming <laughs> right now that is set in the 60s and i've never been more in love with uh doctor who ever than i am with these photos of shooty gatwa and um oh my god what's the name of the lady millie gibson. millie gibson they look fantastic that suit is incredible her dress is incredible their hair's fantastic like it's it's yeah. just so goddamn cool uh also the show being set in the 60s you know uh there's a maybe you uh, yeah. know never happened before yeah it's never yeah. happened yeah. before it's it's unusual for doctor who you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh it'll be it'll be really cool i 
Yeah, he looks fantastic. He, he looks, he looks, he so looks like a, he looks shot. like a million bucks. He looks incredible. Yeah. Like, I, we keep seeing like set photos and set videos of uh, Shooty, and every single time I see him, I'm like, "You're my favorite doctor." Like, I haven't seen, I haven't yeah. seen him be the doctor outside of that one line of dialogue from the trailer, and you know, <laughs> he's my favorite doctor. He's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I think. Um... On Monday and Tuesday this week, this week the episode comes out, we're recording this on Wednesday, but on Monday and Tuesday, we've been recording this six days episode, but today, which is Wednesday, they started recording uh, Shooty's side of the Christmas special by the looks of it. Mm. So they're going back and forth between episodes. Yeah, obviously Shooty Gatwa was busy with sex education at the very start of the series 14 shoot, so... Mm. We're going back and forth. It sounds like a it sounds like an incredibly hard schedule. <laughs> yeah, just having to go back and forth in between episodes, and that sounds tough. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't. I bet it's. Ex- I don't have him. I bet it's exhausting. I bet it's completely exhausting. But you know, they're professionals and they love their craft. So I'm sure they're. I'm sure they're loving it. Uh, and also, just also just further proof of uh, Millie Gibson and Shirigawa being. Uh, great co-stars together. Um, on Instagram, I think this is where the image comes from. Uh, Shudi Gat was like, uh, "The doctor will see you now." And Millie Gibson's comment is, "Can the doctor give me some of his bum?" <laughs> <laughs> that is inappropriate uh, in a workplace environment. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, they're great. I'm I'm excited to see Millie Gibson as well because you know I'm familiar with Shooty Gatwa because I've seen Sex Education. I've watched it for I think since season one. Um, so for quite a good few years, I've known about Shooty Gatwa. Millie Gibson, I have never seen before in my life, and I'm really excited to see mm-hmm. what she's like as a companion. Uh, I'm hoping she's pretty great. She kind of gives me Clara vibes. I don't know what it is about her. She just kind of reminds me of Clara. Mm. So. And I can see about yeah, it's just kind of the face. Yeah, yeah, it gives me Clara vibes. And you know, I look back on Clara with the biggest love ever. I I have I love Clara so much now than when I did when she was a mm. companion, just because of mainly Yaz. Um, <laughs> right. I I think I need to go back to series seven to nine because it's been a, I haven't seen them properly since it aired yeah so I, I remember feeling negative about same. her but i presume she'll be better now i was i was really negative about clara well i like well i went through like so many emotions with clara because i started liking her and then i didn't like her when they made her the most important person to ever exist of all time ever and then i started liking her again when she was with capaldi because i thought that that was actually an interesting dynamic for her uh like character and then when she gets like she starts being like oh no i'm the doctor i can do this i've known the doctor for ages now and then she dies i was like that's brilliant that's fantastic um then they kind of backtrack on the death and make it not so good but that's doctor who yeah uh, <laughs> classic doctor yeah who, you know they did the same thing with bill a season later yeah yeah they did almost the exact same thing with them going off on a spaceship yeah. with their girlfriend like yeah <laughs> What do you mean? What do you mean Moffat was running out of ideas? Uh, Russell T. Davis <laughs> talked about uh, Shooty in our next uh, news segment here. Uh, he was speaking with the Radio Times following uh, Shooty coming up on the annual TV 100 list. Uh, 
the returning showrunner spoke about a secret he's keeping and it's all about how great the incoming doctor is in the lead role uh sometimes you know you've got a secret and you hold it close to your chest and let it burn because secrets are so delicious russell teased I've got that right now because my secret is seeing Shooty with Millie Gibson on rushes of Doctor Who every single day and oh my god, this is so good. Speaking specifically about what Shooty will bring to the iconic sci-fi role, <laughs> Russell added, I can promise you a completely new Doctor and yet a Doctor utterly faithful to the 60 years that came before. Soon the secret will be out and we'll all be dancing. Meanwhile, Shooty himself said, Filming is going great. It was a tough start as I was doing sex education and Doctor Who at the same time for two months at the beginning. But now that sex ed is wrapped and I'm just, uh, just in Doctor, it has been so much fun having full reign to explore and find the character. It's truly the funniest role and the action never stops and that's not surprising to me that he was like it was really stressful at the start because we, yeah. we were talking about how they were delaying the doctor who shooting for sex education and how he was shooting both and how his like entire week seemed to be filled with shooting sex education and doctor who mm -hmm. back to back and it's like my god that would have been just exhausting but yeah 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 I'm really interested to, to see what this next season of Sex Education is going to be like because they were doing reshoots for ages with that. I, I still need to see past episode one. The day he got cast in Doctor Who, I watched episode one. I never returned back to the you show. Suck. I you need suck. To, I, really, I really enjoyed episode you one. You suck. You suck. You should just binge it. It's an easy binge. An absolute, it's like what? It's like uh, what? 30 episodes? Like, Oh god, there's too much TV, my dude. Just... It's just put it, put it on tonight and you'll be done by no. tomorrow evening that's not that long like <laughs> i have sleep and work to no, do. no you don't you've got to watch tv call in sick <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah what russell t davis is basically saying is very generic oh yeah the guy i chose to be the doctor is really is good yeah ever, well you know. we're so good at choosing actors <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I trust I trust Russell because since the show came back in 2005, I don't think there's been a bad actor in the role of the Doctor or the Companion. No, the, all the acting has always been great. There's never been a performance from the main cast in Doctor Who where I've thought, ooh, that's a bit rough, you're not a good actor. I've, yeah. I, I've always thought everyone is great at acting. Uh, when it comes to Doctor Who, they cast really well. The thing that lets it down usually is the writing in Doctor Who. Um, mm -hmm. But Russell T. Davis is a good writer, so hopefully that will stay consistent. I have this, I just have this like small fear like crawling away in the back of my brain of what if it sucks? What if this is terrible? <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> but I think that that's just, you know, I think I only have that fear, yeah. right? I think I've only got that fear because we went through like, when did Jodie become the Doctor? Like 2016, 17, something like that? 2017, yeah. yeah. 2017. So we went through like, what, four or five years of Jodie being the Doctor and nobody saying anything about it and there being no marketing about it and no behind the scene mm -hmm. photos and no hype before the seasons come out. Everybody was just silent and then a new season would come out. Nobody would talk about it and everybody would move on. And it was, you'd, you'd be like, oh, this is Doctor Who now. Now people are talking about Doctor yeah. Who and people are getting excited about it and Russell is marketing it. And there's all these behind the scene photos and teases and, ooh, look how great this is. I'm like, oh, this is, this feels wrong. This isn't right. Something's off here. Like, <laughs> you, know? you know, I've gone through phases of either really liking 
Russell's stuff or really disliking Russell's stuff, you know. His era wasn't perfect. No. I think some episodes are stronger than others, obviously. But overall, I would say his quality is pretty good, and I, I, I doubt his quality would be ruined. You know, I doubt it'll be bad now. So see, I, I, we'll see. Personally speaking, I prefer Moffat's era to um, Davis's era. I and you know, I love Davis's era a lot. You know, it was, it was my like childhood growing up. I absolutely love that era. I'm, I'm currently rewatching through all of new who and i'm i'm still in davis's era and it's great it's great it's superb but there's just i really like moffat's dumb i say dumb his stupidly smart writing where he's like ha 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 look how fun all this fun character well actually he didn't moffat didn't really do character stuff he more did like huge overarching plots and that's what i liked Mm -hmm. davis kind of does the character stuff um but like you know moffat's run with matt smith and moffat's run with capaldi just Capaldi's more rocky, but his Matt Smith run is almost perfect in my eyes. I'd absolutely love it. Um, but I, yeah, I'm excited for Davis, especially because you know when we got Davis in uh, the first time in Doctor Who, he was an experienced writer, but he hadn't done as much, obviously, as much writing or as much shows as what Davis of 2023 has done. And Davis of 2023 yeah. is a goddamn good writer, like <laughs> you know. <laughs> I still need to see so much of Russell T. Davis's work. He post he has done so many. He's done so many shows recently. He had another one that came out on ITVX with the lady that's in all of the Johnny Depp movies, whose name he- yeah, Hella, Helena Hel- yeah. Bonham Carter. Yeah, he like that show came out like a couple months ago or something like that. And like I... you know, he's just he had so many shows on the go. <laughs> And he did It's a Sin and Years and Years mm-hmm. and Cucumber and Banana. Those are names of penises. Those are euphemisms for penises, by the way. Yeah, yeah, wow. Cucumber and Banana. <laughs> I thought they were fruits and vegetables. Uh, <laughs> in our next bit of news, Doctor Who's 60th anniversary celebrated with a new series of novels. This seems like a waste. Nobody knows how to read. Uh, Doctor Who's diamond anniversary <laughs> is being marked with the release of six novels devoted to six different eras. Uh, the upcoming Doctor Who 60th anniversary continues to build fanfare with a slew of new books that are now confirmed to mark the occasion. This is from the Radio Times. Six brand new novels are set to be released, which will each be inspired by a different era in the long-running sci-fi history. With the show's diamond anniversary taking place this November, the books are set to be released on the 26th of October. Uh, there's been no titles revealed for each of the books, uh, and there's only been some vague plot points revealed as synopses for them. Uh, the They will be penned by the authors who will be known to Whovians, like... Sorry, uh, Jacqueline Rayner and Dave Rudden, were, while there will also be stories from Natasha Suri, Kaylin Byron, Nikita Gill, and Mark Griffiths. So, Scott, here's a test for you. Who is Jacqueline Rayner and Dave Rudden? Uh, they've done a few Doctor Who books, that's all I know about ah, them. Ah, <laughs> okay. Uh, the books include The 1960s by Jacqueline Rayner with a synopsis that reads, It's Christmas, 1963, when six-year-old Gerald starts playing a new game, Daleks. It's a game full of dangers and daring and terrible mutated monsters. Gerald's parents think it's harmless at first, but then things start to get out of hand as Gerald insists there are yetis in the basement and Cybermen invading London. Desperate for help, what Gerald's family really need right now is a doctor. 
So this book here, this one, does not sound like it's canon at all. Uh, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds really fun. It sounds like a really weird meta sort of like playful book, but it does not sound like it fits within the quote unquote canon of Doctor Who very well. It sounds like that most recent Eleventh Doctor audio drama box set yes, where every yes. story sounded meta for some reason. I still need to listen to that. There's, there's so much big finish surprise. Oh wow, yeah, that's that's so wow. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, geez. Uh, the 1970s <laughs> by Natasha Suri will focus on London in 1978, where tensions are high. The synopsis reads: Seema and her family are struggling, but she has learned to keep her head down not to create trouble that is until she and her two friends terence and inderjit decide to join an anti-national front protest in the east end and when trouble does inevitably find them the friends are saved by the appearance of a mysterious seemingly broken down bus but inside this bus is like nothing any of them have ever seen it is a journey through the most wonderful landscapes where visions of hope (coughs) sorry i'm drinking water and it's making me burp where visions of hope (laughs) and dreams envelop the lost group who or what is this strange place? The tall, grumpy man with white hair might know the answers, but then he seems just as scared as they are. That makes me kind of think of Capaldi. Tall, tall. Or though, is there any other doctors? Like it could, could be, be Capaldi, it could be Pertwee, yeah. it could be Hartnell. Was Hartnell tall? It could be Cushion. I don't think Hartnell was tall. Hartnell seems like a small guy. <laughs> I mean, if you if you're like a teenager, I guess you could be tall. <laughs> Not uh, yeah, but like Hartnell was like a shrunken like old Yoda type dude, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm not sure what this story is or how it connects to Doctor Who. It feels like it was a story that wasn't Doctor Who related, and then the publisher was like, "Hey, this yeah. kind of feels like Doctor Who. Let's just add it into this collection." Yeah, the the when they was talking about a broken down bus, I could you know the big finish. Like Deadpool yeah, thing. Yeah, the Iris Wild Yeah, Time yeah that's what it made me think of. Uh, and the bus that's smaller. Yeah, uh, in 1980s, uh, the 1980s book is by Mark Griffiths, and it reads, In a sprawling, run-down housing estate in South London, a man returning from a night out in the West End finds himself pursued by a strange hooded figure. Did I write this? So, naturally, when the Doctor and Romana arrive <laughs> in the TARDIS the next day, they find themselves in the middle of a crime scene. But when a child genius, Matthew Pickles, I did write this, inventor of a hugely popular handheld video game, arrives to help them crack the case, they discover there is more than meets the eye. Someone has been messing with the technology that's not of this earth, blurring the lines between human and cyber, and it looks like they're out for revenge. In a world on the brink of gadgets and gizmos and dangerous tech, the pair must uncover the killer before they strike again. Uh, Matthew Pickles is a hilarious name and is 100% a name that you would only find in a book. <laughs> yeah, or or in a Rugrats cartoon. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's great. That one sounds very fun. Um, I, it doesn't sound super Doctor Who-y. It kind of just sounds like a like a yeah. like a fun little 80s sci-fi adventure, but. We will see. Yeah, with uh, the Doctor and Romana weirdly shoehorned in. Mm-hmm. Also, 1980s, it's the first story with the Doctor and his companion, which is... Uh, I'm not sure what the theming of this uh, series of books is or why it exists yet. I'm not entirely sold in the premise. Yeah. Uh, there is a mistake in this. I would imagine it's a mistake because the next paragraph reads the Naughties novel. 
I feel like they meant to say the 90s mm-hmm. because the next paragraph after that is the 2000s. Yeah. And the 2000s is the noughties. So I feel like whoever wrote this wasn't really sure what the noughties is. So I'm going to correct it for them. And also it says it sat in Dublin in 1994. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> right. That right in, yeah, that was the noughties, right? Remember? It goes 2003, <laughs> 1994, 2005, 2006. <laughs> the 90s novel will be written by Dave Rudden and will be set in Dublin in 1994 when the Doctor and Donna arrive at a tiny nightclub known as Headlong. Take a guess as to which Doctor this is. Uh, Headlong is famous for precisely one thing, holding a karaoke night where four young women came together to make the biggest girl band of the 90s, the Honeybloods. Donna has convinced the Doctor to visit their first ever concert. She reckons she could have been a Honeyblood if the timelines were different, and he has begrudgingly agreed. Naturally, the band is kidnapped (laughs) by a deadly pack of siren-like creatures who feed off human adulation, usually harvested by taking the form of cultural icons. So it's a kind of fun aliens pretending to be humans type of body invasion of the body snatchers type deal, uh, but with a band... Mm which is cool. I, I for whatever reason the there being a pop band in the 90s called Honeybloods that was the biggest thing ever that that is like self-contained into the Doctor Who's universe kind of rubs me the wrong way for whatever reason where cuz you know the Doctor Who universe is supposedly set in our same timeline but there's a band that we've never heard of that's the biggest band ever. Why can't they just be like a weird underground band that Don is into for some reason, you know? Uh, I mean, there's lots of fictional bands and shit in the Doctor Universe. I'm not sure where you're getting at. (laughs) It's it's the fact that they're like the biggest band ever. You know, they're so big. They're like the Spice Girls level. But I mean, they're just the Spice Girls that aren't called the Spice Girls because of copyright. Like, (laughs) it's it's like a. I mean, I. Uh, yeah, there's a million things that we get around copyright wise in Doctor Who universes. It's it's very strange, but you know. Yeah, and then moving into the 2000s, or should I say the 90s, uh, the book is written by (laughs) Kaylin Byron and follows the Doctor and Rose as they stumble across 13-year-old Lily, who they both agree needs their help. The synopsis reads, uh, Lily thinks there are monsters in the closet hiding under the bed and that they've taken her mother and brother who went missing months ago. When asked about the mother, Lily can only say it's made of immense light and power. Ro- Monster. What did I say? You said, mo- when asked about the mother. Oh, okay. Hang on. When asked about the monster, <laughs> Lily can only say it's made of immense light and power. Rose and the doctor must find out who and what the creature is and where it has taken the Lily's family. It is a search that will take them from the Cardiff Rift right back to the childhood of Lily's grandmother and another disappearance all those years ago this makes me think it's eccleson's doctor yeah it has to be yeah if it's it should be hopefully yeah (laughs) because if it's the 10th doctor again i'm gonna be pissed yeah (laughs) (laughs) um this one sounds the least connected to the era so far i don't know about you (laughs) i feel like most of them you could fit into any era except for the one that's set in the 80s because the 80s one it seems very well, guess... very era appropriate because it's about like video games and stuff like that and every other era you could kind of mix and match i think maybe the 90s because it's about the pop bands but you could stick that in any yeah. modern time and also the 60s with a kid playing doctor who games because doctor who just started i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah and it's the only time the show is popular uh but yeah obviously obviously the kid is called lily because 
Rose. That's the only reason why the kid is called Lily. <laughs> I didn't even make that connection. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the most recent will be in the 2010s. Do we have a a shortened for the 2010s yet? The tens? We just call it the tens. Yeah, for tens, I guess. Yeah, that's not fun. Uh, the 10s, the 10s. The most recent will be in the Tenties by Nikita Gill. Described as a poem of tragedy and beauty, it features one of the Doctor's most terrifying foes. The Weeping Angels are an ancient race of terrible power, the synopsis reads. With the ability to propel their victims backwards in time, their true form is a mystery. They turn to stone on sight, so they wander the universe, cursed never to see one another. But they see everything else, the whole course of time and space, even the journey of their deadliest enemy, the Doctor. In this extraordinary epic poem, the Weeping Angels sing the story of the years they battled the Doctor and everything in between. As, like a Greek chorus, they tell the world of their tragic... Uh, like a Greek chorus, they tell the world with their tragic tale. Uh, this one sounds uh, quite interesting. If it is, like, not a novel and just straight up a poem, um, I feel like it's going to be a novel yeah. with, a, like, a poem in it or, like, a po like a very, like, a, I don't know, 30-page poem, like a Greek novel thing, you know? Like, yeah, um, God, I I'm not sure what the length of it will be. Yeah. I'm not sure what kind of format it's going to be in. Because when I first heard about it, I thought it was going to be, like, a series of poems, mm. but I guess it's it just could, a poem. It could be, like... um. Do you know the Iliad? I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Dude. It's Greek literature, um, <laughs> but it's like nerd. It's like um, I I think it's for poems anyway. But it's like it's, it's like telling this story of this like hero or whatever. It's a very famous book. I I don't know enough about it off the top of my head to talk about. So hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a <laughs> wee Google. The Iliad. Yeah, it's written by Homer Simpson. Um, ah, the Ili I know him. The, the Iliad is one of two major ancient Greek epic poems attributed to Homer. It is one of the oldest extant works of literature still re uh, widely, re widely read by modern audiences, as with the Odyssey. Uh, poems divided into 24 books and was a dactylistic hexameter, whatever that means. But yeah, it's a, it's a 24 book poem and it details like this huge mm. battle or whatever um, from Greek times. I've never read it because it's... I'm not that boring, but apparently it's very good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel I like how the Weeping Angel story or poem is at least uh, breaking the format a little. It's, yeah. it's like a little experiment. I wonder if they're going to talk about uh, they... I wonder if they're going to talk about uh, how they're part of division. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> I, was, I was watching the Sarah Jane Adventures today. And unit pop up, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, aren't where's the snake, the snake guy? Where is he? <laughs> you guys are run by a snake, right?" <laughs> and, and also, just speaking of Homer, um, did the Simpsons ruin the name Homer forever? Because I feel like the name Homer is just extinct now. I feel like it was pretty much extinct before Homer was called Homer. You know, it's a very, very, mm. very old school name. I mean, it's been around since Greek times. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, so out, out of these novels, out of these novels, which one do you think you'd want to pick up the most? Honestly, I'm most interested in the Weeping Angels one. 
that's the only one that I was like, oh, that's mm. that sounds like an interesting take, like an interesting perspective to bring. Because it's not written from the Doctor's perspective; it's written from the Weeping Angel's perspective. You know, I've never seen mm. I've never seen a story from the Weeping Angel's perspective. You know, it's it's very rare. I, have we ever had a Doctor Who story where the villain is the main character? I mean, there's the Warmaster series. Uh, Big Finish has done a lot of villain. Big Finish series. doesn't count. I was meaning episodes of Doctor <laughs> Who. Like <laughs> episodes of Doctor Who. I don't know if we've had. We've had episodes where, like, I don't think so. Where like humans are the main character or something like that, but never really from like the pure villain's perspective. And then the Doctor comes in and just like shoots him with a gun. Um, I mean, if if you consider the twelfth Doctor a bad man, <laughs> I guess when point, he pushed that his guy whole up, the point, robot his often. whole point was he's a good man. Actually, that was the whole arc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he pushed that robot dude off a balloon or something. Or did the ro- or did he just convince the robot guy to jump, which is better? Better, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like. <laughs> Uh, for me, I would say the book I want to read the most is the 60s one, because yeah. I, I like meta things. I like uh, when the show's popularity is contextualized inside of a Doctor Who story. It's yeah. strange. Yeah, I, I, dig I, it. I like meta stuff as well. It, it, it's fun. It's always fun. It's, you're like, haha, you're a loser like me. Uh, <laughs> uh, in our next news segment, David Tennant confirms the return of Doctor Who confidential style show, which is not really shocking. We've been assuming this was happening for again like a year. <laughs> yeah, uh, a successor to the fan favorite series has been rumored for some time, says Radio Times. They must listen to our podcast. David Tennant seems to have confirmed the return of behind-the-scenes series in Doctor Who Confidential following earlier rumours of the fan-favourite show heading back to BBC Three. Oh, no, no one's going to see it. No one's going to see it on BBC Three. That's I will. <laughs> you and someone's grandpa that doesn't know how to change the channel. Uh, last week, it was reported that Doctor Who Unleashed, a spiritual successor to Confidential, would premiere alongside the upcoming 60th anniversary specials starring Tennant and Catherine Tate. Speaking at a recent GalaxyCon event, t- uh, Tennant added fuel to the fire by referencing a behind-the-scenes crew on the set of the new episodes, although there's no official confirmation just yet of any such project exists. Existing. It was absolutely thrilling, he said, recalling his meeting with Doctor Who comic book creators. It was all filmed by the various Doctor Who confidential style people, so you'll see all that. But it was very exciting for us, for them to visit us on set. It's just David Tennant. Like, <laughs> I bet he got told off after saying that. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, some fans have interpreted this as definitive proof that Doctor Who confidential is returning, perhaps with the new title Unleashed, although others have shown caution about getting prematurely overexcited. After all, it's possible that the Doctor Who confidential style people that Tenet refers to could have simply been working on a special feature for the eventual DVD and Blu-ray release or content for social media. I was about to say, it could just be like a YouTube thing. Yeah. You know? Um, Yeah. It's a bit of a non-story, but I'd be down for Doctor Who confidential returning because I was really a big fan of that show, at least for the first four years. Uh, By It only lasted... Uh, until series six of the show and by series six it started doing like weird challenges like where <laughs> Arthur DeVille starts uh, driving a car around a racing track or whatever yeah 
not. It was really weird. <laughs> Maybe their viewer numbers start dropping down and they were trying to find ways to bring people back because it doesn't seem like a show that you really need to mess with the format for. You know, go behind the scenes, mm. interview people, show some monsters getting made in the costumes department. You know, like what else do you really need? But at the same time, yeah. does that need to be a show when you can just include that in the Blu-ray? You know, you that is easy. That's DVD extra material, baby, you know? I mean, for Series 8, they kind of did a Doctor Who Extra, it was called, and we did it on YouTube, where it was like a 10-minute look at the behind-the-scenes of each episode, whereas Doctor Who Confidential is 45 minutes, which is way too long for a behind-the-scenes look at the TV show, just make it half an hour, I think half an hour is the perfect length, and you could, you know, I, I really enjoyed Doctor Who Confidential, so if it comes back, I'd be very happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we have got, uh, Channel 5, Doc Who documentary, doc, a documentary. Uh, next up, we've got Channel 5 <laughs> to explore Doctor Who's secrets and scandals with a documentary. Uh, Channel 5 are to explore Doctor Who's secrets and scandals in a new 90-minute documentary. The documentary was provisionally due to air over Easter. However, it's understood that plans have changed and this is now being pushed back. No further details are available. This... I, I don't really care about. I don't think Channel 5 makes content I care about at all. You know? Um. Yeah, Channel 5 are the... So in the UK, if you're outside of the UK, in the UK we only have like five main broadcasters. Uh, there's the two BBC channels, BBC One, BBC Two, ITV, Channel Four, and Channel Five. Actually, the five, Channel Five is probably <laughs> the the lowest of the low. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they don't. I what even I don't even know if I watch any shows they make. What does Channel Five? What like what's their like number one show? Their number one show was probably Home and Away or something. Peppa Pig. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they do like they do a lot of, you know, um, challenge shows like Ben Fogel in the Woods, yeah. The Challenge UK, Behind Closed Doors, Rich House, Poor House. You know, it's a lot of reality TV, The Gadget Show. And then there's also, they do, like, kids shows, which, to be fair, they're kids shows, pretty iconic. You like Peppa Pig, you know, yeah. Thomas the Tank Engine, Ben and Holly. I haven't thought about that in years. Oh, my God. Fireman Sam, Noddy. Nod do you remember Noddy? Like <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I used to be a sucker for a milkshake, which yeah, is your early yeah. morning five-year-old children's program brand. Oh, my God. But on Rory Channel the 5 race right car. now is... Oh, Rory of a racing car. Come on, that was a classic. Yeah. Iconic. Lazy Town. Oh, <laughs> on, channel <God>. f <laughs> on Channel 5 at the moment, they've got Casualty 24-7, which is a documentary. Motorway Cops is coming up next. And then at midnight, it's some other shit. There's so much shit. <laughs> More Motorway Cops. I uh, criminals caught on camera sinkholes. Oh, oh, a, a documentary ooh. about sinkholes. Ooh, I won't watch that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, the description reads: sucking down homes and destroying lives. Sinkholes can appear anywhere from nowhere. I bet it's that documentary is going to go one of two ways, right? It's either genuinely. <laughs> 
ridiculously well made and super interesting, but nobody will watch it because it's on Channel 5. Or, right, it's going to be really, really dull, and they're going to be like, sinkholes happen because God said <laughs> that you're bad. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, just the worst channel. It is definitely the lowest. They like they make the bottom tier content, like. But you know, now it's because uh, now Channel Five is owned by Paramount, so occasionally mm. they'll do, oh, here's a preview of a Paramount Plus show, <laughs> like uh, that one of Sylvester Stallone or something. Yeah, and then people get angry because they want to watch more but they don't want to subscribe to paramount plus it's, it's a great it's a great idea they should um instead change it to paramount the channel why don't they just air paramount plus shows on there like why don't they just be like you can watch it right now all on paramount plus or you can come here every tuesday and watch it on channel five because then nobody nobody would pay for Paramount Plus. But, but would you? Would you really watch a show weekly with ads rather than just pay for Paramount Plus? I can, I can just fast forward the adverts. Can you fast forward? I mean, you could record it, I guess, and then go back and watch it. Yeah. Yeah. But they still get paid for the ads if they play. You know, they get paid for the ads either way. If you record it, they get paid. I don't for give the, a you don't shit. need to watch them. Like. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but Paramount Plus is a decent service. It's just got a terrible, terrible UI. Uh, <laughs> but what? Yeah, e every, every streaming service is a bad oh, but UI. They get worse. Every time they change a UI on a streaming service, it gets worse. <laughs> they, are, they all suck right now. It's horrendous. I hate them all. I whenever I opened up the Netflix <laughs> app really recently, and I wanted to throw my phone. It's impossible to use. <laughs> like, it's absolutely impossible. I I opened up uh, ITBX earlier to watch Sarah Jane Adventures, and for some reason there was like a line covering like five <laughs> percent of my the bottom half of my screen, and the top half was cut out. So I had to get out of the app, uh, restart my TV, and then go back into the app. <laughs> it was wonderful. That is great. That is pretty great. Uh, in our next little news segment, we've got. Samantha Bond returns as Mrs. Wormwood. Uh, let's see. Do, do, do. Big Finish Productions has today revealed details for the second volume of the audio dramas featuring stars from the Doctor Who spin-off series, The Sarah Jane... I almost got through that. The Sarah Jane Adventures. <laughs> uh... Uh, in Revenge of Wormwood, Samantha Bond, best known for her iconic role in James Bond and Downton Abbey, returns as Mrs. Wormwood, leader of malevolent aliens, the Bane, for the first time in 15 years. And this is a character we've seen before on the podcast, isn't it? Because we covered yeah. we covered the episode that she's in with the Bane, and they broke Batman's back, if I remember correctly. I might, <laughs> I might be mixing that up with something else. Uh, yeah, uh, she is a Bane, and she created Luke. And when this news was initially announced, I was thinking, are we going to bring back Luke now that Sarah Jane is gone? Because we could go for the whole the Luke son adventures. and mother dynamic now that... <laughs> but yeah, they're bringing back Luke for this box set as well, which is going to be fun. I'm gonna, It's going to be interesting to see a more adult take on their kind of relationship, because essentially Miss Wormwood is Luke's mother, mm. which is... Uh, again, I just watched Sarah Jane Adventures today. It was the series two final where Fabienne, uh, Miss Wormwood returns. And we do have a whole dynamic of uh, Miss Wormwood being like, 
uh, you can travel with me, be my son, you can be my, you can be the prince, and I can be the queen of the ru- ruler of the galaxy, or whatever. Mm. Some and Darth Vader I'm just stuff. wondering what kind of, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's, I still haven't listened to the newest box set, I'm still watching the Sarah Jane Adventures. I imagine this box set is going to be tough to go through, because uh, I miss Sarah Jane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will not listen to it, because I don't <laughs> care about sarah jane as much as you do um but like i'm glad she's back good for her good for her (laughs) yeah she's really good she's a really good villain yeah she was good in the episode we covered as well as well so it was a good time god that was so long ago now that we did sarah jane oh god yeah october 2021 uh god i'll check i'll check let's find out had to be yeah uh it's easier if i go so we did a whole sarah jane month was it a whole oh yeah and we watched the hand of fear god <laughs> <laughs> and canine and company <laughs> uh spin-offs do 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 Sir, a year ago sarah jane adventures it was on the exact date of dun 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 october 2021 22nd october 16th the 22nd of october oh. 22nd of october 2021 <laughs> We covered the Sarah Jane Adventures. It was episode 23 of the podcast. We're currently on episode oh, 99. <laughs> We're on episode 99. So, yeah, Crazy. it's been a while. Uh, next up, we have got Children in Need. Uh, Doctor Who executive producer Phil Collinson has revealed in the latest issue of Doctor Who magazine that Doctor Who is set for a unique contribution to Children in Need 2023, which takes place in November. It follows a sketch with comic relief co-founder Lenny Hendry and current Doctor Who David Tennant for Red Nose Day earlier this month. Collinson told Doctor Who magazine, without making any promises, we have the beginnings of plans to contribute something absolutely unique for Children in Need this year. Which is a fun... Uh, you know, the comic relief sketch was pretty fun. I wonder if they're going to do, like, a cont- continuity thing. You know, just have... Or or yeah. they'll just have... They'll, like, continue whatever story they set up in that sketch. Or they'll just have someone else regenerate into David Tennant. You know, or maybe they'll bring back a bunch of other people. Uh, you know, Children in Need sketches. Doctor Who sketches. It's always fun. Light-hearted fun, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the very first one I ever saw was the little short of... Uh, David Tennant just having regenerated from Christopher Eccleston and they had did a five minute short with him and Rose which was the first proper time we got to see him as the 10th Doctor so maybe my imagination is maybe you're going to do the same thing but he says uh, already unique so that's that's not unique no. it's already been done so yeah. I but he could be I imagine we can go overhype this he could just, and yeah. then it'll be a, a big letdown I was about to say he could just be overhyping getting too excited <laughs> yeah. you know um next up we've got uh blue peter competition launching on blue peter this friday i didn't even know blue peter was still a show uh viewers aged between 5 and 15 will be asked to draw doctor who fan art and say why they would love the opportunity to win an exclusive set tour uh one talented winner will go behind the scenes to discover how the iconic series is made and find out all about the work of the production design team 
The winner will also receive a rare collectible Doctor Who's 60th Blue Peter Competition Winners Badge. The limited edition badge will be revealed on Blue Peter on Friday the 28th of April and be awarded to the top 500 competition entries. Editor of Blue Peter, Ellen Evans, says, We're celebrating the two 60th anniversaries this year for Doctor Who and for the Blue Peter badge. The two programs have collaborated collaborated many times over the years so i'm thrilled to be able to offer such a unique and exciting experience uh which is cool i i i'm honestly amazed kids are watching blue peter like are they are people watching blue peter apparently not as much because <laughs> <laughs> when i was a kid it used to be on three times a week now it's only once a week i think so yeah it's, it's definitely declined <laughs> yeah yeah, I remember Blue Peter used to be quite big. I remember people talked about it all the time when I was a kid. And now I don't know if I if I was to go and speak to to the kids that like I if I was like, "Hey, do you know Blue Peter?" they'd be like, "Go away from me, strange man. Why are you talking to me?" Um, but yeah, we should enter this competition. We we're between 5 and 15, right? The two Blue Peter competitions I remember from when actually three blue peter competitions i remember when i was a kid was one of them was to do to design a monster for series two which turned out to be a zorbaloff i entered that competition i lost obviously what monster <laughs> did you make what was your monster i don't fucking remember oh i think you're lying <laughs> it's <laughs> it's been like 17 years yeah uh but the second one was to do a competition uh was a competition to win a role which t- turned out to be the little ginger yes. kid in utopia I, I, which apparently he's a big actor now he's a he's an outlander oh okay uh that's good for him i got some contacts uh i remember that competition that's the only one i remember is is that one um because i because i remember being like god damn it I can't, i'm so jealous of that kid even though i didn't enter the competition um <laughs> I, you know, I and I remember seeing him and being like, "Oh, that's that's that kid that won the competition." And then they murder and mutilate his body in the next episode. <laughs> like Jesus Christ! <laughs> and then the third one I remember was to design the uh, junkyard TARDIS in the Doctor's wife. You know, the little TARDIS. I've seen. I haven't seen that episode in so long. I don't remember the exact. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember that episode of the TARDIS very well. I remember that episode being amazing. That's a Neil Gaiman episode. It was. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't remember the TARDIS design in that episode. But that's cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's um, uh, good for them. Good for Blue Peter. I haven't seen a show in like ten years, so God knows if it's any good now. <laughs> It's probably exactly the same as it's always been, which is fine for kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's move on to our last little bits of news that we've got here. Uh, we have got a Doctor Who, what is this, Serpent Crest Limited Edition Signed Edition Green and Black. Uh, is this just like a collection of art? A limited signed edition art book? What is this? Uh, no, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a audio drama adventure ah. from BBC something or other. I don't know the full context, but just not. Uh, we've we've seen this. I think this is like the third out of four oh of the collection. We've covered the first two. And it's a beautiful, beautiful cover, but one hundred and forty-nine pounds is too much. 
Yeah, it is. The art looks really nice. It looks really cool. I I would like it if it was, you know, maybe a lot cheaper. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I I I would maybe pay fifty quid for this. A hundred and fifty quid. No thanks. Like, <laughs> uh, and now let us move in to everybody's favorite segment of the show. Let's look at all the Blake 7 releases that Big Finish is doing <laughs> this month coming into May. Uh, do you want to take this first I, one? I, I, yeah. I want you to play an audio cue every time I say one word here. And I think you know what audio cue I want you to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the first one we have today is Torchwood Among Us. Part one. <laughs> <laughs> um, Torchwood are on the run as the world puts itself back together. Uh, Torchwood are there to pick up the pieces and they find something really nasty hiding in them. A house in a state where everyone's gone mad, an industrial state interrogation facility, a lighthouse in Iceland, the comment section of a newspaper, a newspaper uh, troubles everywhere, and so are Torchwood. So this is the start of series seven of Torchwood. That's fun. Uh, I've seen half of season one of Torchwood. So, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just started series six of Torchwood, which is also a big finish adventure. Which is, I'm enjoying the audio dramas for Torchwood. Um, this is the first proper series that Eve Miles has been in since series four, which was a TV. A series. I'm um, looking at the cast list. We have Helena Breck as Mrs. Penis Implant, <laughs> and we have Sam Stafford as Mr. Penis Implant. So I'm glad they found each other. Yeah, yeah. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. <laughs> uh, that's. Oh, we also have Barry Beans. Barry Beans. Uh, we have. <laughs> we have Mark Elstop as Gammon. Amazing. So yeah. <laughs> Torchwood is still alive and well. Very much so. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, next up, we have got Doctor Who Daleks Genesis of Terror, written by Terry Nation. Uh, in a paved garden outside time, the Doctor is presented with an awful prophecy the conquest of all time by the Daleks. To prevent this terrible fate, the Time Lords have decided on a radical course to weaponize time themselves and destroy the Daleks before they were ever created. And they want the Doctors to carry out this extraordinary task. Soon, he and his companions, Sarah and Harry, are on the battle-ravaged planet Scarrow, where a war has been raging for centuries. The war is now waged by teenagers using the last surviving weapons. Everything is desperate, but the Khaled's chief scientist has a new weapon that he thinks might just change everything uh this is two discs uh the second disc is an interview um and the first disc is a full cast version of terry nation's first draft of episode one of genesis of the daleks with nicholas briggs providing the stage directions plus readings by individual cast members of the storylines for the other episodes which this is kind of cool that they've managed to find a first draft of um genesis of the daleks which we did just cover um this was it this month last mm-hmm. month this month this this yeah, month this yeah month. <laughs> this month on the podcast uh which is really cool that they've managed to find this also uh tom baker looks like a ghost 
Like, what? In in the set for in backstage. the backstage photos, he looks like a ghost. All right. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, I do wish this was released like last month, so I could listen to it before doing Genesis of the Daleks, because I would make note of more of the differences, but. Beggars can't be choosers. Um, I'm not a fan of it just being episode one, having a full cast version while the rest is just a summary. I'm not sure why anybody would pay the £11 to listen to that. Yeah. It's not my cup of tea. Um, And also, uh, I don't like the idea of the Lost Stories now being uh, the original draft of other stories. Like, when the Lost Stories started as like a... A series of audio dramas it was episodes that hadn't been made mm. but now now it's just the first draft of this episode which i'm not so keen on yeah and, and you know first drafts of things usually aren't good so <laughs> even even yeah. even less incentive to really buy it it's more a curiosity thing than a this is going to be good type thing isn't it yeah uh, the next one we have is Doctor Who, the sixth Doctor Adventures, Purity Unleashed. Uh, marine biologist Hebe Harrison has vanished from the timelines, and the Doctor and Mel must find a way of getting their new friend back. But little do they realise what perils lie ahead of them, or who stands against them. Uh, this is three stories. We have Broadway Belongs to Mel. Broadway oh, sorry, Belongs to me. to me. That's an exclamation mark, you <laughs> fool. <laughs> well mel is in the story and I'm, I'm thinking she's going to be on broadway so <laughs> and she's going to kill yeah she is going to be she's going to be amazing at it like <laughs> um this is by matthew sweet you are very sweet oh, matthew. thanks oh. <laughs> uh, we have purification by chris chapman and time burst by ian potter so this is the third box set of the new Sixth Doctor Adventures brand. And if you click on where it says Doctor Who, the Sixth Doctor Adventures, and you look at all the previous pictures of this box set series, look at all the pictures of Hebe Harrison. Hang on, where am I clicking? Where am I clicking? How am I clicking it? Just underneath a picture where it says the Doctor, the Sixth Doctor Adventures. Uh, I think you mean above the picture, you fucking idiot. Right. No, I mean below the picture. Actually. It's above the picture, actually. Wow, this is this. It's also a below. It's the same photo of the lady over and over again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one, two, three. <laughs> over the last three boxes, it's just the same picture over and over again, which she's the only person on these covers who is still looking like this in the present day. <laughs> I don't understand why they have to use the same picture of her. That's weird. That's weird. Yeah. It's very strange, but um, I've heard nothing but good things about this new series. Uh, I'll eventually get round to it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of big finish, isn't there? There is a lot of big finish. <laughs> Especially this month. Yes. Uh, next up, we have got Doctor Who Once and Future Past Lives. 
the Time War. The Doctor has been injured and brought to a Time Lord Field Hospital. His body glows with energy, but this is no regeneration into a future form. Instead, the Doctor's past faces begin to appear as he flit flits haphazardly between incarnations. Uh, staggering to his TARDIS, the Doctor sets out to solve the mystery of his degeneration. Who has done this to him? How and why? From the Earth to the stars, across an array of familiar times and places, he follows clues to retrace his steps, encountering old friends and enemies along the way, tumbling through his life the Doctor must stop his degeneration before he loses himself completely. Setting as his fourth incarnation, uh, the Doctor goes in search of the Monk with a vague memory that he had so something to do with his degeneration. On Earth, the Monk is meddling, bringing Sarah Jane Smith to the future Unit HQ to steal a device for an alien race. The Doctor must help Kate Stewart and Osgood foil an invasion before he can confront the Monk about what he knows. Is this like part of a series? Because I remember talking about degeneration... Yeah, yeah, Dude, a bunch. This is, yeah. a, this is the 60th anniversary series from. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. That that which we are, if 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 Matthew wants to listen to this, it, we are covering it next in next month's news episode. So look forward to that. Look forward to our little review of episode one of the 60th anniversary series. I don't. Are you gonna listen to I, it? What what is? How do you? What is so big finish? I don't. <laughs> how do I? Do I not watch it? Is there not pictures? How do I? Uh, you can imagine these pictures if you want to. What's what's this word? Im imagine, imagine, imagination. Uh, doesn't sound real. Um. Uh, but yeah, this is uh Sarah Jane picked up from the advance of the Hand of Fear. So I'm guessing there's just gonna be twenty minutes of her wandering <laughs> around Aberdeen with a little lunchbox. Yeah, yeah, I imagine so, and it, it'll be <laughs> thrilling to listen to. Uh, he did. He did skip over two box sets. We have Space nineteen ninety nine. Uh, the, the, which I've never heard. These of. aren't Doctor Who. That's why I skipped over them. <laughs> <laughs> but also, we have Dark Season, which is technically connected to Doctor Who. It stars Kate Winslet and Victoria Lambert. Uh, this is Russell T Davis's nineteen nineties show, which is returning to big finish and. It has four episodes, one of them written by Russell T. Davis himself, and I'm looking forward to this. I've only seen half of the original series of uh, Dark Seasons. Yeah. So I'm looking, f I'm looking forward to eventually, maybe, perhaps getting around to this. Maybe never going to happen. <laughs> uh, but do you know, do you know, do you know what is related to Doctor Who? Uh, that's the box set doctor who the war doctor begins comrade in arms uh the doctor is no more a warrior has joined the time war between the daleks and gallifrey but how far will he go what lines will he cross how much of himself will he sacrifice uh this is of course following a young john hurt as the doctor as the war doctor seeing the horrors of war which just i love the goddamn war doctor it's such an amazing character idea um uh, this is three stories a mother's love by noga Fa uh, falchion a berserker by timothy x attack with a name i this is timothy x attack does a lot of big finish <laughs> and his name never not doesn't sound fake uh and memenos by phil merlin 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 he's got a strange last name uh this is this is fun it's part of you know there's this is the fifth box set with the young war mm. doctor and there's a lot i i'm i am interested um in in this one 
just because the character idea for me is super interesting. Like, I love the idea of the war doctor starting as a young doctor and fighting until he is an old, old ass man that John Hurt was in mm -hmm. the 50th anniversary. Like, that's just tragic out its ass. Um, and I can't wait to not listen to this because I will not have yeah, the time. Like, like <laughs> there's, there's too many boxes. As I said, I'm working through Torchwood Series 6. I've just listened to Torchwood Series 5, which had 12 episodes. Series 6 also has 12 episodes. Plus, I'm also working through The Time War, which is like four... I've got four box sets of that to listen to. And then I might listen to uh, The War Doctor with John Hurt, which has four box sets. And then I'll probably jump into this, which has five box sets. And there's also The War Master, and there's also... There's so much. <laughs> <laughs> there is. There is a lot. Uh, just too much. Uh, but do you want to take the last the last box set we've got here? Yes, uh, this is a box. This is a series I've actually fallen out of listening to. I need to listen to the last one and also this one. Uh, it's it's the Ninth Doctor Adventures Pioneers. Uh, the Doctor meets many remarkable people in his travels, foes at the forefront of innovation and exploration, from a deep space colony ship seeking safe. <laughs> You're doing well. Haven. <laughs> it's yourself alliterations. Uh, to the frozen Arctic wastes and the foundation of ideas which will touch the lives of millions, the Doctor is there to lend a hand to the human race's greatest pioneers. And this is the start of series three of Christopher Eccleston's series, which I still, again, I need to listen to the last box set. Yeah. But, um... In this box, if you look at the backstage picture, it looks like um, Christopher Eccleston is about to be crushed <laughs> by two walls. It does. He's so. like in Star Wars, the trash compactor. Like... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he lost his beard. Um, one of the returning people on in this box set is actually Adam Martin, who was in the last box set, apparently. He's a, he's a big Doctor Who YouTuber. And he got cast in this, and uh, he's a recurring character, which is what we kind of wanted from the Ninth Doctor audio drama series, mm -hmm. because there wasn't much connective tissues from what we covered before. But I like to have there's more connective tissue. I, I like that idea, and also Louise Jameson, who was of course Leela in the Fourth Doctor era of his show, is playing a new character in this one. Um, I'll eventually get around to it, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, if I hear good things, I'll probably check it out. But, like, the synopsis for this one, to me, sounds like it's going to be more of the same that we've had with mm. Eccleston, where he's, you know, going on these very self-contained episodes that don't really impact anything and don't really change his character too much. And, you know, the Eccleston stuff is good, but it's not great, it's you know it, yeah. it's it's like a solid six seven out of ten consistently which is fine to listen to but it's big finish is a heavy commitment and it's a price pricey commitment as well you know and it's like yeah the the price of this box set went up from 19.99 to 22.99 which Ooh. is three extra pounds that's a lot of money <laughs> yeah that is you know, so it's it's is it going to be worth listening to it? Um, Eccleston's great. He's he's does really well, and it's great that he's back and that he seems to clearly be enjoying yeah. doing Big Finish. I just I wish there was more meat to the bones in these stories. You know. Mm hmm. 
You know, maybe we're getting a box set with Rose. I always say this. <laughs> a box set with Rose eventually, probably. It would be cool if it happened, but God knows if it ever will. Like, So out of all the selections here, which one are you most looking forward to probably never listening to? Uh, I think I think the War Doctor, Young War Doctor, is, is mm. the one that's standing out to me the most. Uh, it's it's the one that sounds the most interesting to me, just because I like that character idea. Uh, the 60th anniversary, once in future, past lives is is kind of fun as well. But you know, uh, whatever. It's 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 not. I'm not excited by really much this month, honestly. You know, mm. I, What about you? What about or what are you interested in? Uh- my number one choice is Torchwood Among Us. How did I know? How, how did again. I know that that's what you were <laughs> going to say? Because I've been binging all the box sets of Torchwood. I just spent £75 on Series 6. <sighs> so, yeah, I, I, I must listen to this. You, I must be consumed by Big Finish. <laughs> you are a strange, strange man. <laughs> but yeah Torchwood Among Us is coming out on the day I go on a train trip so I'm mm. gonna listen to both two parts two episodes on the train to Glasgow and then two episodes on the train back from Glasgow so that's gonna be how I listen to this nice nice that's pretty fun I, I, I mean I of course be. I'm also gonna get this uh, once in future cause we're gonna be covering it next month on the podcast exciting i'll have you'll have to remind me to do that otherwise i will not (laughs) i will (laughs) uh but yeah that is all the news we have got this month it is it has been a interesting month it's new stuff is kind of heating up right now at the end of april um just because they're filming right now and there's a lot of behind the scenes photos that are getting taken um but it's been, other than that, a relatively quiet wee month as we move into the end of the podcast. Uh, as we move into May, we are continuing our <laughs> chronological look through Doctor Who as we say hello to Peter Davidson and goodbye to Tom Baker and look at the highest rate or at one time the highest rated episode of doctor who ever with caves of androzani uh we will be looking at parts one and two on the 5th of may parts three and four on the 12th of may and then wrapping up may looking at the second dalek movie which is called doctor who and the daleks and the invasion of earth 20 something another isn't it Roughly, yeah. Yeah, I I think that was the exact... I think that's the exact title. Not roughly. I think that's word for word the exact title. Uh, So you have that. Looking forward to... uh, It's going to be some good stories uh, in May. Um, It's going to be a good time for the podcast. Uh, But in... Yeah, we've recorded half of the first episode of Caves. We're having a fucking blast so far. Spoilers. I think think we would be finished part... I think we would be finished part one if there wasn't internet difficulties on the scott's on end Matthew's scott's part. end scott's fault it <laughs> is scott's fault uh but yeah between caves of androzani and the movie i think we're in for a pretty good month i think there's 
there's gonna be a lot of fun beyond yeah i'm looking forward to it for sure uh and until then you can find every other episode that we have done of this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts we're on spotify we're on apple podcasts we're on google podcasts we're everywhere there's a heap of links in the description we're also available in video form uh, on youtube at youtube.com slash at who watches who uh we're on social medias facebook uh at who watches who twitter at watches doctor you can give us a follow there and look at some whatever memes scott's posting i haven't been on twitter in about two weeks since it's been bliss um so i don't know what scott's been posting recently it's just slurs he's just been tweeting racial slurs because I, <laughs> I, I think that's what twitter's about now um but, yeah. oh god yeah. yeah every day it's getting worse and worse i don't think twitter will be around this time next year yeah it's it's pretty miserable right now uh but yeah there's a heap of links in the description you can send us an email at who watches who pod and make sure to leave a review for this podcast if you are listening to it in audio form and have made it this far uh on whatever device you are using reviews really help promote the show and we've been doing really well recently with downloads and with views on youtube so if you're watching this on youtube hello um it's been really great to see you know our subscriber number has been ticking up nice and slowly our views have been crazy good for us recently as well as our watch hours and our downloads have been consistently great this year um it's just been good it's been a good time for the podcast and let's let's keep this i i would say gravy train but it's not making us any money so empty like i i don't know let's just keep this going it's good time it's a good time um but until then we will see you next week with Caves of Androzani bye goodbye 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 <laughs>